one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering community for salt. This is the Howling Salt Mine. It's the Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast, the podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community. We find the saltiest stories, the saltiest posts that we love, those stories where you're getting salty, you're making your friends salty, put them in our mind cart and bring them right back up to you, our dear prospectors at home. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. Say hey, guys. What up, what up, what up? Hello. What up, indeed? I- I'm stoked today, guys. I'm I'm especially stoked, and it's not just the Red Bull that I drank a couple hours ago. It might yeah. be. It might be the Red Bull. <laughs> it's contributing, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, the the roiling combination of the Red Bull and Japanese curry that's in my stomach right now uh, is probably contributing to how stoked I am. But most of all, I'm stoked because we have a guest on the show. Hey, another one. yeah we just invite a person on (laughs) just another person named tyler to make it so confusing (laughs) oh no no uh, we're talking to the other one actually not not you right now um you probably know him from the amazing cdh gameplay channel and the also amazing podcast by play to win and it's tyler from play to win Hey, dude. Thanks for coming on. Hello. Hi, everyone. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for joining us in the salt mine today. Hell yeah. I'm glad I could uh, amplify the gastrointestinal distress and the you know <laughs> blood coursing through your veins full of Red Bull. This is it's really ratcheted up to 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One goes to 11. Uh. I like try not to drink Red Bull every day, but I do also buy them by like the case. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> my move is Celsius. Have you had those ever? No, they're like fit girl red bulls it's like all of the marketing is towards yeah exactly it's like all towards like as like a pre-workout drink for women but they're excellent they're very good when you Mm. pour it into like a glass does it give the same reaction that like the first time you pour a red bull into something where you can actually see its color it's like at least 10 percent less urine adjacent than red bull (laughs) looks if you pour it into a glass so it's it's definitely got that edge (laughs) i have an important question about energy drinks Mm -hmm. if they were available in the 80s how much less cocaine do you think would have been consumed in the 80s Oh, dude, so much less. Look at Japan. Japan has had energy Ooh. drinks for like decades. They have like a culture around it. Fucking Kirby eats an energy drink in the Kirby game. Do you know the cocaine usage of Japan? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's probably lower than the US. So I feel like what you're saying is if the FDA had been faster to approve early energy drinks, then, uh, you know, it's basically their fault that the drug wars in Colombia have been going on for so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I approve that. I'll go on record and, and okay. Yeah, yeah, sounds right to me. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> also, Red Bull would be. I don't know. Would Red Bull be like a Coca Cola? Would it be like a massive tycoon? It's already pretty big. Maybe. I mean, I guess Coca Cola was the original energy drink, right? If it, you know, was yeah. Coca at Coke. some point. It's the hint, like a tasteful amount, you know, yeah. <laughs> just enough to get you going. 
What's a tasteful amount, Tony? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> just enough, you know. Just a bump, yeah. Uh, yeah, just a couple wet, bumps. Yeah, quarter of a line, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're getting on a tangent about energy drinks, which I'm down for. I love energy drinks, and I used to drink two to three a day. Have I talked about this before? Yeah, I think definitely. So. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Tyler knows. Tyler's Tyler like, knows that's yes, a bad the episodes I listen to. Yes, they clearly okay, get great. <laughs> so that means on a recent episode you talked about. <laughs> no, I, I picked four from across a broad spectrum of these. Ooh, love that. <laughs> it just means Sam talks about them like every other episode. Honestly. Hey, I have a passion for energy drinks. All, all I'll say is uh, look up Power Horse. It's really good. Oh my god. That sounds like one of the gay animals. Like there's bears and otters and like power horses. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a throwback I'm, I'm to college. Here for power Absolutely. Horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh so for our new guests, we have a little a little interview section. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. pretty grueling, actually. So I hope you studied. Yeah. <laughs> and every time it happens, Sam says it's grueling. So you yeah. know it's grueling. I think that specific yeah. word. Mm-hmm. It is that bandied word. about. Yeah, that's that's my least favorite guild. So, <laughs> hey. no no pressure. But if you fuck it up, we will cut the recording. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> we'll smash it to keep it on cool. <laughs> yes. So the uh, the first question we like to ask is, how did you get into Magic the Gathering? Oh, well, like a lot of people, I played like a little bit, kind of casually in high school. I had a friend whose older brother was really into it, that sort of thing. And I I did that just playing kitchen table basically through, I think, Apocalypse. And then I put it down. Damn, early and, days. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I guess I'm I'm fucking old, dude. I, I mean, <laughs> no. I, tell you, I don't know if you can see all these grays, but so I put it down then. And then I, I came back. Uh, I was actually driving down the highway and a friend um, just coming from Connecticut, where I was working at the time. Um, coming back into this area at the Lehigh Valley with no plans because I fucking hated Connecticut so much. I was like, I'm just going home and I don't give a shit. And, respectable, uh, respectable yeah, opinion. Connecticut fucking sucks. As a Connecticut <laughs> native, respectable opinion, yeah. Well, listen, I, li- I lived in Stamford, so like you don't know how bad it was. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like one of the worst parts of Connecticut. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Just not quite New York City. All, all the unfun parts. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've driven through Connecticut so many fucking times because I lived in New Jersey and I just fucking hate Connecticut. I, was, I always said if it was just like a wasteland that everyone could just like drive straight across, it would be better. I would like enjoy it. But Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you there. So I was I was driving back and my friend um, called me because he saw my car on the highway and said, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to a sealed midnight pre-release. And I was like, I haven't played Magic in six years, but like I literally have no plans. So like, I guess this is better than sitting at home and twiddling my thumbs. So nice. uh, that's what I did. And I loved it. And I went, you know what? This is great. I'm going to play only sealed. And so I did that for maybe eight months. And wow. then uh, a pure his friend group was, was into Commander. I guess this is fairly early in the popularity of commanders would be um, about 11 years ago now. So they got me to build a commander deck and I have been playing commander religiously ever since. Is that like one or two years into focus commander products? I think our first one was 2011. Is that right? Yeah. I fucking How old? 11 I? sounds right. I think it was 11 because I had a Gave deck in college. Yeah, I think there the had been prints. like one or maybe two um, yeah. commander sets because the first the first commander I put together was Mogi's God of Slaughter because I opened Ooh, it at a pre-release. Nice, hey. nice. Yeah, we we all have a horrible a lot of experience playing against that <laughs> deck all the time. The fourth yeah. pod, Nick just has an absolutely brutal Mogus deck that he just recently oh. rebuilt, and it still fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> excellent. And we asked him to rebuild it too. 
Yeah, we're like punish us. Stupid, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, I think you two did. I did not ask for it. <laughs> no, Tony. I think it was you. Mm. <laughs> so, so you started with Amogus. So it was like EDH back then. It wasn't even really Commander yet. Yeah, I would say most people were calling it EDH still, and you know, I had a pretty limited play group um, to to play with, and pretty quickly started pushing the bounds too much. So I should have known I was going to turn out to be a somewhat competitive player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I finally was like, I'm going to buy cards to build my deck instead of building Mogis <laughs> from the scraps of your collections. So I went to a card shop and put together Varel and it was like doubling season. Like these are all great, wonderful things to be doing. And <laughs> no one's going to be upset if I play profit of proof fix and take turns on everyone's turn. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think people are going to fucking love it. So I'm yeah. definitely going to do this. <laughs> yeah. It's going to become a staple of the format maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And then when did you find CDH? Cause most people know you for your CDH gameplay, of course. Yeah, I, ironically, I was really kind of hesitant to get into CDH, and and Dylan and Cameron and uh, one other of our, our play group kind of had to drag me into it, kicking and screaming to some extent, because um, they really <laughs> wanted to do this this play to win podcast. And I mean, we were we were a play group first that then became a channel, you know yep. what I mean? So, and so I, I had always been like, you know, a pretty optimized decks like playing cards that I think most people would say you shouldn't play in casual, um, mm-hmm. you know, mana crypt and that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I just didn't think anything of it i was just pushing too hard on casual and it ended up being really great for me to feel like i had an outlet which allowed me to make my casual deck sillier and i think oh yeah playing both makes me a lot happier than just playing too competitively in casual yeah but i did not realize that at the time i was like nope this sounds terrible and like many people i had the idea that like the the sweatiest most annoying game store people were the only ones who played cdh <laughs> and then i started playing uh, it's like actually exactly the opposite like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you still find some nice sweaters out there, but like I think on the some majority, nice sweaters, some nice sweaters. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people that we've found have that same experience too. It's like once you start getting into CDH, you realize like, oh, I'll just put my degenerate stuff here, and then I'll go yeah. do the goofy stuff over in the casual decks where I want to be doing it. Yeah, I mean that matches up with with our experience pretty closely. I, I don't mm-hmm. think we dragged anyone kicking and screaming into CDH. Nick mm-hmm. a little bit, maybe Nick, maybe Tony I think a little we were bit. All hesitant curious but hesitant yeah i've said it in the past but it literally was because nick had a fucking gilded drake in his cart and i was like fuck oh about to like, buy i it. can't compete <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like he was about to like buy a real one and i was like god damn it and i think that was the moment in which i was like all right let's just do this like everybody gets 10 proxies so we started light and then once we <laughs> broke the dam there then it was just like okay just fucking proxy hold decks and let's just yeah. like do what we want and fucking Rush, so. I still feel bad that we stopped Nick from buying that Gilded Drake. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have waited one week and then, like, then like, three okay, years now ago. Let's proxy. <laughs> See, that's one of the advantages of having pushed casual too far too early. I mean, I, a lot of the staples are things that I had bought for my casual decks. I had, you know, I paid 45 bucks for my Gilded Drake then back in the day and like yeah, you yeah. Know, $5 for my Mantle oh Vault, God. all that crap. Insane. Uh, I <laughs> can only dream of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a whale now who spends too much money on everything. <laughs> yeah, and not even on the good stuff. We're buying yeah, just like, just like borderless, borderless commons for ten dollars. Are you a real <laughs> whale? Make make whale noises. Let's hear him. Come on, do it. Come on, Tony. You really let me down. Oh that's yeah, good. that's the good yeah. stuff. That's yeah. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Nice. Oh man, definitely a whale. 
I've heard some power horses that sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's already oh, in the dude. episode title. You fit in so well, Tyler. You fit in so well already. Oh, uh, so, so you got into CDH, and then did you get into CDH with the intention of creating Play to Win, or or was it like chicken and the egg kind of thing? I played a couple games beforehand because Dylan was just really intent on on trying it out. But it shifted to like recording content pretty quickly mm-hmm. from my perspective. I think Dylan had been following CDH content for a while, maybe a year and a half or a mm-hmm. year or something like that, I'd have to guess, and playing some for maybe six months before we started like recording any. But once we started recording, I was like kind of, you know what, actually, I really am finding myself looking forward to this, despite it being at the height of the Flash Hulk meta, um, which was <laughs> not really the most fun time, to be honest. Yeah. And then I really doubled down when I was pretty early off the mark building Kinnon and have just never stopped loving that deck. So hmm. I feel like that's half my attachment at this point, if I'm honest. <laughs> is the one deck. We definitely have that. pet decks as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that That is something that keeps you going. You're just like, ooh, yeah. a new toy for my my favorite deck. This is the best. Yeah, exactly. So our other question that we like to ask people is, what makes you salty? Ooh, I think it takes a lot now. I I actually can't think of the last time I got salty in... Oh, that's not true. I was going to say in CDH. I got a little <laughs> salty the the um in an event where I had a win and in for top 16, and the player who won that pod like as they were walking away said yeah yeah, good game guys i can't make top 16 but you know mm. so he just dream crushed everyone else at the table i was like well, i mean i guess they still had to play i don't think this table was going to agree to draw but still it, it felt a little bad but yeah um in general i i think i almost never get salty in cdh i think it takes a combination of like a lot of time vested in the game and then some amount of politicking or i i think like decisions that feel very arbitrary or like not good board evaluation and if i mm-hmm. disagree with that yeah. enough and then end up getting screwed over by it i'll get a little i'll get a little quiet and stony faced i guess i think that's how i how i show <laughs> being salty i don't exactly i'm not really a tantrum kind of guy yeah <laughs> yeah that's sulky salt where you just get quiet yeah. and you're like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i feel that i i know i know all the brands of salt but i also know that one quite well yeah <laughs> the i think you're playing wrong too that's like one of my biggest sources of salt it's yeah. like someone making just like a dumb decision that always gets me too it's like because you're you're expecting everyone to be like good and playing yeah. optimally. Mike, and stop if you, fucking if someone looking at me. Tony is <laughs> in your pod and you have to deal with it every damn week. Yeah, it's, 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 that one is painful. Or Nick attacks you with a 15-15 for no fucking reason <laughs> when Mike is clearly in the lead and needs to be attacked. Uh, this like literally happened two days ago. Yeah. Casual, <laughs> casual game. Though. Yeah, That's casual okay. game. It was a casual game. But that game. happened like two and a half hours in. So like, yeah, it was yeah, a long those stakes, Those stakes really do start climbing when you're yeah. like hours and hours into a game. Well, like. that was the interesting thing of what you just said there, like of the like the time invested. Like it's kind of the longer a game goes, the more you're like, oh, motherfucker, really? Like, yeah. <laughs> Nobody yeah. likes long games, but like I didn't even really think of that too much until just now. Yeah, that's part of what I I found I liked about CDs so much was shuffle mm-hmm. up and play is so much faster. Oh yeah. well, you just gotta play in our meta. We've got a bunch of fucking <laughs> stacks, decks, and bullshit, so like it's not quick at all. <laughs> oh, <laughs> You'd God. love it, I'm sure. It's great. <laughs> fucking Marath bullshit in here. <laughs> if you experience that kind of salt, though, it must be said that there is no greater potential explosion of of like joyous schadenfreude than when um 
like you were right about their in- assessment being incorrect and they just get completely dicked by the player yeah. that you were like yep. you should have been attacking them yes <laughs> that is the best feeling yeah it's like the, the most perfect i told you so moments like yeah especially yeah. if there's like a specific piece like you get something you're removed and you're like are you really not about to hit like the one ring over there with your like, fact exile and then it's like yeah no i'm gonna hit your soul ring did you just say path to exile michael no no with your with your with your Artifact exile. Artifact exile. Okay. I, I swear, path to exile. You don't. Well, they they Karn reanimated it and then path to exile. It. I don't know. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> uh, that is the best moment lately. I've been, you know, I'm in my salt. That stuff happens, and I say, let's remember this moment when you know. For example, on Tuesday, I was like, let's remember this moment when Mike wins the game, and guess who won that game? Mike did, <laughs> and Nick was the first person out. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. This is how you know we're still games where people are hurt because we just fucking love being right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the three of us are engineers. We love being right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm in data analytics, so I love being wrong. Or rather, I love being like, I don't know. Like, I can't really bear this out. Like, we can make good guesses. <laughs> Look into it. <laughs> well, should we get into it, guys? Let's, let's, let's talk about some salt. Yeah. We're going to be reading some salty stories, some salty posts that we've collected from the internet. And uh, But Sam, huh? Ooh? what salt? Great question, Tony. I appreciate it. Oh, do you want me to take this one? Ooh, yeah, oh, sure. Hey, the salt take definition. it away. Yeah, in Tears of the Kingdom, when you send the Goro guy rolling at those like big uh, bricks of rock, <laughs> and, and these little pink things fall out, they say rock salt. That's the salt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the real salt is when you go to pick those up, and then the little tiny Rito boy, like, Flaps his wings and blows them all <laughs> off a cliff, yes, and you're like, yes. "Motherfucker!" I was gonna like, fuck you, you piece of shit. <laughs> Just get away from me, dude. Don't ever talk to me or my son again. I appreciate him knocking <laughs> headshots off constantly because it's pretty amazing. But like every five times I press A, I feel like he's like, "No, oh, did you need me? Did you need me to come over here?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony has no idea what we're talking about. He doesn't own a switch. Uh there it comes. It's a point of contention on the show. <laughs> it's a point of contention in the Discord. It's one of the <laughs> major dividing issues that we experience, honestly. <laughs> I couldn't have not played it after playing Breath of the Wild because it was so fucking good. But I wish I could have not played it because it really disrupts my life because I have no self-control at all. So my sleep oh, schedule is man. constantly fucked and I will just oh, yeah. I ruin my life to the right people. this game. Yeah. 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 We're all sleepless gremlins over here. So you're, you're mm-hmm. in good company. For your sake, then, I hope you haven't picked up Baldur's Gate. <laughs> yeah. No, and I'm not going to. I don't Good think on my you. friends are both playing it, and that seems like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. 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 Oh, is. yeah, for sure. It's excellent, but it's also uh, yeah. uh, problematic in some ways. Yeah, <laughs> those games are dangerous. That's like when I found Terraria. <laughs> oh, yep. I Classic game. I, I literally played it. I played it until at night all I was dreaming about was Terraria, and I was like, this is a problem. Mm. <laughs> Have you ever gotten there with Tetris? Because that's one of the weirdest experiences. Not Tetris, but uh, definitely Guitar Hero, where you're mm, dreaming yeah. and the dots are just like flying. Yeah, at coming you. at you. And it's, <laughs> it's a terrible mix of like kind of fun, but it's also like a stress dream. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, I was just like stressfully trying to hit those dots all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of dystopian too, where you're like, I'm just dreaming of like weird lizard brain light signals like flying at my face. Not a good thing. 
Well, let's get into it, guys. Let's talk about some salt. Uh, We're going to be talking about everything from the small grains to the full shakers. You know, salt takes many forms, and we're going to dive into it today and and find some, actually some CDH branded salt. I I found some stories that are on brand for us today. Love that. Or at least sort of on brand. So. (laughs) So ready. Let's do it. So the first story that we have comes to us from the CEDH subreddit. And this one comes to us from user 37 Borks. So if you guys see user 37 Borks on the CDH subreddit, give them an upvote. You know the drill. Spread that good will. And the post is titled, Am I the asshole for not copying Chain of Vapor? And the story goes. This is a nice short one. Hmm. Situation. I'm player one. Player two has a smothering tithe on board and goes for a win, which likely means wheeling with the tithe on board. Before he does that, he casts Chain of Vapor on a Dranith Magistrate from player three. Player three copies the chain, but instead of targeting the tithe, he targets something on my board, which made my already very bad position even worse. I decided to not copy the chain since I had no realistic chance of winning anymore, especially not if I have to sack a land. But the other three people blamed me for spite playing because it's my fault that we lost. Am I the asshole? Ooh. So this is funny because I specifically talked about doing what player three in this one did um, in in a play to win episode when we were talking about chain of vapor, because I think it is always the correct play. And the reason that I think it's the right play is that if your opponent doesn't then copy it when you are certainly going to lose, if they don't, then uh, they are spite playing. And yeah, you're the asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Like the the word the word realistic no realistic chance of winning was doing so much work in that post mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. this person was telling us I don't think I have a, a chance of winning even if I bounce the smothering tithe now so since I can't win I'm just gonna allow this play to go on and and give up any chance of winning so it may be a, a small margin a small amount of win equity that you still have there but this player I think was you know justifying it on the basis of I can't win. Therefore, I shouldn't stop this winning play. Yeah, and yeah. it can be tempting to slip into that mentality. I, I think it's relatable and understandable, but I also think that person is the asshole. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's an interesting point. Uh, the realistically does also do extra work if you're anticipating a wheel being one of the next thing that's getting cast, right? Because like you're you should be expecting to get a fresh grip of seven. Like if you can't look at yeah. seven new cards in your deck and maybe somehow have a way back into the game, like hmm. your deck might be in kind of a, a pretty scuffed up place at that point. Yeah, I, I do think that it's like kind of an opportunity. It, it depends on like what your table's appetite is for like politicking but there is like a version where you say if you target my shit with your copied chain of vapor i'm not going to hit the smothering tithe and you try and force it back on that original player yeah you can try and politic it yeah so so i think like try and do that first and then then if they do target you and you follow through with it you're slightly less of an asshole because you kind of stated your attentions like in advance but once that target is declared on you yeah you kind of got to hit the thing that that has the like 100% chance that it loses you the game. Yeah. They didn't specify whether players three and four were potentially representing any other interaction. It does kind of depend on that. If they Mm -hmm. were both untapped with a ton of blue mana and seven cards in hand, then I feel pretty differently about that. If it looks very plain that a wheel is going to get countered, or if they almost certainly have other interaction for the smothering tithe. Mm Mm-hmm. Assuming that was not the case. You could also bounce it back at the person that just sent the chain at you and be like, okay, if you're really going to dick on me, then you got to be the one to deal with the smothering. That's a power move. 
Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. an there absolute a, flex. That's a power bull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a power <laughs> horse. Oh, power horse. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, man, I forgot already. <laughs> I, I extra like power horse because it's just a flip of horsepower, which we're talking yeah. about all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, were you the one that just made a horse sound? Did you make horse sounds me. and horse sounds? <laughs> oh uh, man, I was so excited. I'm sorry. Tony's more of down. a whale. Sam's more of our resident power horse that we. Yeah. Like. yeah. <laughs> I I can confirm. I've seen at least one horse with Sam's haircut. <laughs> yeah. Freshly trimmed mullet, dude. Freshly trimmed today. Oh, look at that hot mane. I literally cut it like two hours ago. <laughs> Had to look your best for our, our audio recording. Yeah. It, it was it was just so poofy and hot. I like I had to shear it off. It was mm. it was brutal, man. The sides have to be sheer? short. You're using sheer to. You're yeah, definitely really leading into power horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, if you know my hair texture, then shearing is the correct term. It is so like coarse and voluminous. It's it's yeah. I can't trust any barbers with it. I've been cutting my own hair for like a decade. It's the only way it works. Mm. Um, but this is an interesting one to me because I don't think that you can like deny a chain of vapor in this context without there being like any spite involved in it. Because there's at least a little bit that you're frustrated that you're down on your board. You got targeted and you're like, I'm not going to fucking make this decision. I'd rather like have the game end, you know, versus like you said, Tyler, like trying to play to that tiny sliver of an out that you might have. But it, it's still better than, you know, zero percent. Yeah. I will also say that like outside of true competitive play, because CDH can just also be played like mad casual too with with your mm -hmm. goober friends. And I think that if this was like in a play group, like a really friendly play group, I might play into this a little bit different, especially in CDH when someone is like mana bullying or like trying to force me to use interaction so they can save their own. Like we've had this crop up in our group in the past before, and it's sort of like, I'm just not going to do it so that you'd never do this to me again in the future, which is yeah. not the right move for tournament. <laughs> right. Yeah. For tournament, it's definitely not. But it's like, I don't. I don't take getting bullied. Yeah. Not totally. from y'all. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll let other people bully me, but my pod can't bully me is where it lands, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I would be the asshole. I would never fucking do it. I'd be like, yeah, well, Tony, we know. we all fucking lost, right, Tony? <laughs> you're not doing it just because you don't want to be putting a blue effect on the stack, though. So that's slightly <laughs> yeah. different reasoning. That's also true. <laughs> so, yeah, it seems like we do lack lack a lot of context there. I think you're very right about that. I, I'm, I will say also, I'm not sure that was the right play by player three in a competitive setting, because if your opponent is really that far behind, um, if you guys end up surviving this wheel play or whatever, if they're that far from winning, it, as this player was expressing they think they were, then, you know, it might be right to, like, let your opponents have some of whatever they've got to try and be another threat at the table that's going to draw interaction that's going to be able to potentially take down problem player. But yeah, that's a lot more, you know, theory crafting or strategy crafting anyway. For sure. If that tithe gets bounced, who even knows if the wheel comes down and then you're still that player with the bad board state and no cards in hand or shitty cards in hand or something like that. It, it's tough because I, I think with situations like this, you can overanalyze them to the point where you're like, oh, well, it's king making if you do do something. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. so I see a lot of people on the CDH subreddit, particularly like going really deep on like what makes king making. Because if that next player in rotation is like ready to set up a win and pop off and you deny this wheeling player their win, are you handing it to the next person? You know, there's like a whole kind of 
uh, hierarchy of thought there that I think you could just kind of go down the mine on, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of those things where like just generally CDH questions of kind of like this raw, am I the asshole question? So much information is like hidden at that point that mm-hmm. like you might not even know whether you're being the asshole, like when you're making the decision, like Tyler was saying, like depending on what people have in hand, it drastically alters whether that's like the right play for you to take or not. So as long as people are taking actions that seem like reasonable, kind of within the bounds of what the other hidden information might represent, then like it's hard to really explicitly be like, yeah, you're definitely an asshole for that play because it's like maybe you don't do it because you think that has a better chance of making it back around your turn. So, yeah, like I I assume they're setting up some kind of breach wheel win Again, you reading into that. it a ton. Saying, you, you don't know, you know that. Literally have no cards. <laughs> None of those cards, cards are named. <laughs> but, but if they're if they're bouncing a Dranith, why would they bounce a Dranith before? Because they have to play, play their commander to win. Because they're Tony, like running Savala's Bay. <laughs> there are there aren't any wheels in those colors, Tony. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they fucking did something. <laughs> I, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is like I just wonder if. Again, we don't know the board state, but I'm just wondering if this was like too preemptive to think that this player was going to go for a win and assuming a wheel was coming. Like, did they know that there was something in their hand? I don't know. It, it's hard to really say without all of the information, but I do think that you probably could have bounced it back and just like seen what happened, because at the very least, like you're going to lose the game anyways. You might as well take some kind of action to keep the game going and then see if instead of losing on that turn, you lose on like the next turn or you at least right. get to untap one more time and can do something or, you know, like, like you at least got to like play to your outs, even if you feel like there's no outs. My vote is still hit the person that chained you. Cause fuck them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the out though is like, okay, it's over. Now we can start a new game. Cause I'm just like in a fucked position. <laughs> Pulling one card off the top. Like, <laughs> I, like I hear what you're saying. The correct move is that, but I get it. Yeah. I feel like I wouldn't want to sit there for the next like fucking five turns while I dicked around drawing one card. Everybody else is doing <laughs> stuff like, oh, congrats. I made the right move. I feel really good about my choice. Tony, do you want to tell us something? Are you 37 Borks? I'm the fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> oh, shit. He signed it. It's signed Tony. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> what, uh, what do we think about the salt rating here on this one? Hmm. This is Schrodinger's salt. Ooh. It's like it may be salt. It may not be. We need to reveal every other player's hand to actually know the answer here and the board state because we don't have visibility on that. <laughs> I'm going to say this is moderately salty. And as we said, there's not really enough context, but just going by the tone of the post, like how they wrote it, it, it comes across that way. It comes across like they were upset and knew that they might be making the wrong call here and just didn't mm-hmm. give a shit because they were upset in the moment. That's That's how it sounds to me, but... Yeah, there's clearly salt in this situation from the players that feel as if uh, they were spite played and and that chain wasn't copied. I'm sure the player who like pointed the chain at that person is feeling a little bit salty because they probably wish that they pointed it elsewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but that's a gamble when you when you do this kind of like chain of vapor bullying. It is a gamble on how that player is going to play, and not everybody. It's the same mindset. Not everybody is playing optimally, even if you're playing CDH. And like you said, Tony, some people are just done with the game and want to like bounce out and don't really want to stick around to see if they could win because they've kind of written off their chances. 
Yeah, and if you're on the CDH subreddit, that's when you tell them they're not a real CDH player and you know they should probably quit the game or whatever nasty shit people say on that. <laughs> they should quit yeah. life. They should just give up. Like, what are you doing? When This is when you link them towards the normal EDH Reddit and say, actually, your list is not CDH because <laughs> yeah. you're running like one off-meta card. Yeah. yeah. yeah you say, uh, next time play Rogsai and just win a turn before that person is trying to attempt to win. Like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, should we listen, hear listen. another one from you? Yeah, I mean, technically you are listening, so. I never listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So this next one comes from our Patreon, and this comes to us from our buddy Voidwalker. What's up, dude? Thanks for supporting us. And giving us a story. Even better. And giving us a CDH-related story. The post is titled CD Salt. We call CDH CDH like s-e-e-d-y and then the letter h is this like a common thing or are we weird do you encounter this tyler I, no i hear people try and <laughs> try so many other ways of saying that and that is just not one of the many that have stuck with me at least but <laughs> you're right. so you're All really right. stressing the e every time you pronounce it c-e-d-h e-d-h I just take my fucking time and slay it, say it slow. <laughs> <laughs> just, All right, fair just enough. long form, competitive Elder Dragon Highlander. That, yeah. yeah, that's exact, every single time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would actually say usually I say I just say casual or competitive. I don't say I don't specify that a CD at all. Fair, mm. fair. I think we say cash or CD. <laughs> Yeah, that is what we say for sure. It's it's pretty cringe now that I actually think about it at all. No, we're cool, dude. We're cool. You don't even know. What are you going to do with the three minutes and 50 seconds that that saves you by the end of your life? Uh, Probably contemplate if I should have copied that chain of vapor or not. (laughs) All right. And this story goes, this story was recounted to me by a good friend. I think about it often. So I decided to share it here. I'm paraphrasing and writing in the first person as if I were him. I know it's kind of silly, but bear with me. We'll be with you, Voidwalker. Don't even worry, dude. Oh, we're bringing bears into it. Nice. Power horses, bears. <laughs> power bears. <laughs> yeah. Power, power bear sounds like a bad tasting energy drink. I don't think I would buy power bear. Hmm. That's not where my mind went, but. Oh. Yeah, well, not mine either. Where did it nice. go, Tony? We'll leave it at that. Let the the listeners use their imagination, you know? (laughs) I think they already are. (laughs) I was playing a game of CDH on Spell Table. I was playing Magda, and the two other relevant decks at the table were Urza, Lord High Artificer, and a Rograk Tavesh Turbo Stacks deck. Interesting. Also, like we like to say every single time, get fucked, fourth player. You weren't important enough to be included in the story. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) After a few turns, we were at a bit of a stalemate with a staxed out board. It's the Rog Tavesh player's turn, and they have six mana untapped. They cast a Dark Ritual. This is highly suspect. Me and the other player have no idea what they're going for. The Urza player decides to use a Force of Negation to counter the Dark Ritual. The Rog Tavesh player says that this is an objectively incorrect play. They say you should always counter the payoff, not the Ritual. The Urza player deliberates for a bit and decides that they still want to use the Force of Negation. The Rog Tavesh player once again insists that this is a bad, non-CDH play. The Urza player insists on countering. The Rog Tavesh player basically scolds them until they back off of countering the Dark Ritual. With eight mana to spend, the Rog Tavesh player casts Obliterate, an eight mana uncounterable spell that destroys all lands, artifacts, and creatures. 
Over the next few turns, the Rog Tavesh player uses Tavesh to gain advantage until they finally win. This is the only game of CDH that has ever made me salty. Hmm. Ooh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I think that's completely unacceptable behavior by the Rog Tavesh player. Yeah, and right? If I was doing that at a tournament, after they did that, after they talked me out of it, after they cast that uncounterable spell, I would then still call over a judge and say, they browbeat me until I changed my mind after I had already declared the spell and put it on the stack and then put it in a counterable spell. And this is unsportsmanlike at the least and overt cheating at the worst. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's that's, it's just very, very weird to insist and basically get into an argument from what it sounds like. Scolding them is what the post says. Damn, it's not weird. They were then able to win with their uncounterable spell. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks to a different large red spell that was cast and got countered by the power of the table dynamics. Oh, but... my God. Are we going to talk about this now? <laughs> no, this we can't talk about can't. this right now. But I think Tyler... we have to. <laughs> no, we can't. We'll talk. It still has to be talked about with Nick around. But these guys once refused to let me resolve a warp world. I was gonna let it happen. I but... mean, no, you weren't fucking. You weren't. I definitely tell. was. I didn't care. It was. A, a it was a scrambleverse. Sorry, not a warp world, but over so. webcam time. I have a casual deck that runs both of these cards, and I have a specific random number generator app that allows you to resolve, or at least makes it feasible to resolve scrambleverse over spell table. And I have used it. I am a hundred percent in your corner, buddy. Oh, this was God. in person. No, this no, it was, was, not it was definitely person. over webcam. Uh, maybe I'm lying. Webcam. Maybe I'm lying. Anyway, we said if it was in person, we would have let we you can do get it. back to this, this story. <laughs> I just wanted to because we can't talk about what this was. Nick. <laughs> can I just say if it was an eight mana spell and they were countering the dark writ and they could see that that player had eight mana up, then on its face, that is a perfectly reasonable play. If the interaction you have is force of negation, because they might just be hard casting a Rassicats with which force of negation doesn't hit. Totally. So, like, yeah. to, I don't I can't believe they got talked out of it, to be honest. And furthermore, the Rog Tevish player or any other player who is saying you shouldn't counter this, you always have the option of revealing information to the whole table. You can turn your hand over and say, here is what I'm doing. This is why it's not scary and you shouldn't counter this if you really want to talk them out of countering it. But you, yeah. don't, you don't use hidden information and shout someone down. That's like, that's total, total dick behavior. That's bullshit. Yeah. Also, like, not only shouting them down and just being like, you shouldn't do this, but being like, oh, that's a non CDH play. Like that yeah. to me is fucking a wild statement to be like, oh no, uh, in CDH, we actually never counter rituals. And that's why you should let my spell resolve. Like you were, <laughs> if someone is protesting that much at the table, that shows me that that spell needs to be countered a hundred percent. You know, Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like in our pod, if that happened, I, like none of us would do that, but if say it's three of us and like a stranger and we're playing and somebody did that, we would just be like, Oh, guess what? That doesn't resolve. Like your thing. It's like, I feel like there would be like a human element of like, no, get fucked other player. Like, well, yeah, like I, you just like screwed the table, like and the and this person, like I feel like that yeah, would definitely more happen. so. They would just be like, "Don't listen to that bullshit. Counter it." Like, yeah, just I'm surprised it. there weren't two other people being like, "He's obviously lying. Don't don't worry about that. Like, just yeah. counter it." Yeah, if someone is like, is that gung ho? Like, don't counter the spell. Don't counter the spell. That sounds like a spell that needs to be countered, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> it's yeah. just it's very weird to me. Especially knowing that you're then going to play it. Like, did you think you weren't going to look like the asshole then when you did that? Or like, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that is a wild thing, too. We like to talk a lot about like social credit and that Rog Tavesh player is leaving that game with none. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. In tournament settings, you can. 
I mean, I, I'm not going to say you can do stuff like this. You should not. Cause like you said, it's, it's unsportsmanlike, but like in tournament settings, you can be a shitter and like make weird moments happen and like pressure people in weird ways and like kind of use that uncomfortable politicking that doesn't usually come up in like casual games. Mm -hmm. But when you do that stuff, you earn a reputation and your social credit erodes and like good luck having that stuff happen on the next tournament you play because people talk to each other, you know, people are going to be yeah. like, Oh, avoid this rock to Vesh player because they are like really weird and putting out strange vibes and bullying people and forcing them into specific plays and like, look out for that shit when you play against them. Cause they're probably going to do it, you know? And it might not even be the next tournament. It might be the next game. Round. Like these, yeah. these three players might be like, if it's an in-person tournament, like, they might be going out to lunch with a guy in the next, you know, round for, oh, for yeah. that rock to player. So it's like that information is going to make it around pretty quick. Yeah, that, that whole social credit, I think that matters a lot. And I think there's a pretty good chunk of the community, too, who would just rather not win that way, you know, mm -hmm. than like yeah. at any cost. Like there's there is not yet a CEDH tournament that has had a, a high enough prize payout that I would willingly be that much of a douchebag to win it. Like, mm, yeah. I don't know what that number? number is, but it's, ooh, <laughs> be like that much of a douche. I want to know what that number is. <laughs> uh, ooh, probably like top prize would have to be like at least 500,000 for me to seriously feel like I would actively compromise my morals and be a douchebag to the community to, to win that nice. amount of money. I think yeah. that's the floor. Yeah, that was a reasonable number. I think we'd all do it for 500k. Like, oh, we'd all think about it at least. Twenty dollars <laughs> is twenty dollars. I'm kidding. And now that would suck. Is it, is it worth thinking about it for the rest of your life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has to be enough money where you can like kind of disappear. Yeah, you can no longer do this anymore. Like, I won't play Magic anymore. My real fear in this situation is that, like, the person that's thinking about this for the rest of their life is like, yeah, I fucking got him. You know, like, <laughs> this guy that decided to be this much of a douchebag, there's clearly something there where he, like, yeah. is happy about it. It seems yeah. like it. And glad to be pulling this over with, like, scummy politics instead of, like, winning by, you know, winning in a more natural way. Well, and thank God for people like that because they generate inverse social credit by um, creating a situation where whoever punches that dude in the fucking face is going to be like popular <laughs> at CDH tables for the rest of that day. Yeah, and, and they make content for our show, which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're the dude that took that guy out. Yeah, what do you need countered, man? I got you. Yeah, yeah. I, you need. <laughs> I, I will king make right now. <laughs> yeah, we have to get you into top sixteen, man. We're doing it wrong. <laughs> you know what? I don't copy the chain of vapor. You got this, man. You, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take it away. <laughs> Wheel away. <laughs> but yeah, there is something about players like this that like all of us are kind of like balking at this, this concept of like pressuring a player this much. But the players that do that kind of shit, it, it, like doesn't phase them. That's like part of the game. It's all fair. It, it's like a form of politics, they might say. You know, I, I think it's very similar to players that in like casual settings sit down with crazy overpowered decks and pub stomp and you know there's just that like that element of like dishonesty to your playing to get an advantage that to me is just such a foreign concept i'd rather lose every magic game for the rest of my life than ever cheat in a magic game yeah but some people are just like that they they want to push whatever advantage they can get and to them that is an advantage to be taken advantage of i guess mm. can i draw a parallel here please um I play a lot of speed chess and in speed chess, it is very common if your opponent is low on time 
to make mm-hmm. a bunch of really fast moves and pre-move to just try and run out the clock on them. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty valid strategy. And it's like, it's just accepted that this is part of the game when you're playing with a very short clock, like three minutes per side, which is what I play. What occasionally one in 200 players will do, which I, I find crosses the line and is unacceptable, is they will use the mechanics of the app itself to like try and spam you with requests to draw or adjourn or, you know, like these other like non-game elements mm. to try and eat your clock instead of making moves to oh. eat your clock. To me, that crosses the line in the exact same way. It's like you're no longer in the game. You're just saying, I will do anything. Like there is no bar I will yeah. not jump across mm-hmm. to try and use leverage to to win this game. And yeah. I just find it so distasteful. It kind of, yeah, makes me furious and makes me feel sorry for that person at the same time. Like I will... Yeah. I- I will wear a, a hidden vibrating butt plug that can communicate the information yeah. I'm supposed to take yeah, in order yeah, to win yeah. this game. I forgot that that like penetrated public consciousness. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I was going to ask, are you Lee Chess or Chess.com, Tyler? I am Chess.com. Okay, fair Why enough. Why do you play? Uh, a bit. I'm garbage at it, but I do enjoy it. I do enjoy uh, the get, game. Get at me, bro. I, I float between 1,400 and 1,500 on uh, yeah, You're on definitely way better side. than me. I'm like, a 12, <laughs> I'm like a 1,200 player on a good day and a 900 player on every other day. <laughs> so I'm garbage. Well, what do we think about the salt rating here on this one? So fucking high, dude. This yeah, is like... Dude. Like so <sighs> many aspects of it. The gatekeepiness of just saying that it's not a CDH play just fucking berating somebody like i can just imagine being like one of the other players at the table yeah. and feeling so awkward you know what i mean and yeah. just yeah. like l- like when you're at your friend's house and their mom starts yelling at them and you're just <laughs> like oh my god like what is even happening right now yeah. is this yeah. real like this would be maximum salt for me that's always one of the things that cranks up like a salt rating in my mind is like when there's two other players at the table that I feel like should get involved. Like the notable difference between, you know, you being at your friend's house and their mom starts yelling is this is not like, there isn't that power dynamic here. Like these other players are fully empowered to be like, no, don't listen to him. Like counter that shit, you know? And so for the other people at the table to not at least like think to have their best interest in mind and like communicate about that stuff too, that just like ramps it up for me. Cause you're leaving this one player kind of like out on their own to make what's, a solid decision that other people should be backing up and then just like leaving them to get pressured out of it. It's weird. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and what if mysterious player number four? What did they think? What deck were they even playing? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Get fucked. <laughs> just so that I can live with this, I want to. I want to believe that both other players comforted this there's a player after the fact, told them that they were doing the right thing, and that that other person is a total dickhead. Yeah. And I also want to think that none of those people were new CDH players. Because mm-hmm. when in the beginning we were talking about like you know, oh, it's, you know, I discovered that CDH is not like all the sweaty, horrible people like that yeah. are the worst of of magic players that I've experienced. This is like the one time where that's not the case. So like, <laughs> dear God, I hope they did not do this to a new player who doesn't know the format. Right. Mm. Yeah, right. Like that is a huge bummer, especially because again, that like gatekeepingness of it, this is not a CDH play. I, I don't think that ever holds true. Like yeah. sometimes people talk about like, do you counter the tutor or do you counter the thing that they tutored? And even that, I think it's interesting to think about, but I don't think it has like a specific one way or another rule of thumb no. kind of like CDH players always do X. I don't think there's really anything like that. Yeah, only a Sith deals in absolutes on those. Like you gotta, you gotta have leeway for it. There's potential for either of those answers. I am correct. the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we move on? Hit a hit a third one here. One more. Do it. <laughs> 
do it. <laughs> uh, prequel memes. Dude, I love... I have, like, <laughs> such a deep love in my heart for Star Wars prequel memes. There's something about it. It is just uh, so... Because they're funny. glorious? That's yeah. what it is. That's what's about it. Amazing, yeah. man. I, I don't know why those movies are so memeable. And, like, the original three aren't to the same level. Maybe it's just because they came out when we were, like growing up but yeah man it's just something about it it's just so fucking good so our next post comes to us from reddit again and i think this is from the edh subreddit but it is about cdh kind of this one comes to us from user is it really it's a nice little pun uh if you guys see is it really around the subreddits give them an upvote you know the drill spread that good good will do you win an episode sam i know i don't know that that's ever happened before and d- dude it used to be all three back in the day it used to be only reddit no posts, i just man. mean the doing the the line i just mean saying oh, the line well, at least i didn't fuck it up like a couple episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think you should practice that a little more you know the deal <laughs> spread some cheese on a wheel like, like how are you eating cheese tony <laughs> what are you even saying spread some i would cheese enjoy your wheel. podcast more if your one-liners were so formulaic and predictable that i can just say them in unison with you <laughs> <laughs> there there is an element of that like honestly we're getting there baby <laughs> sometimes when i hit the intro of the show my brain like just turns off and I just go into autopilot and sometimes I'm so deep in autopilot that I I fuck it up I just like stop in the middle and I'm like what am I even saying dude I hear you this happens yeah this this happens to me with our intro sometimes too like (laughs) I'll just realize I I said I'm Tyler and then I was supposed to say something else and I'm just staring blankly at the camera like (laughs) 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 like you okay like oh shit (laughs) where am I yeah exactly you know like mitch mcconnell just fucking reboot like, <laughs> just, like a hard reset <laughs> all right and this post is titled am i the only one playing cdh here and the story goes it's a long one so let's all buckle in so i don't know if i'm supposed to feel bad or not for what happened in the story but i definitely made some people salty there is a budget commander tournament posted on a local facebook group 16 players free entry and sealed product worth about $300 in prize support. And about a third of that to the winner. That's a crazy entry to, to winnings ratio. Free entry for 300 bucks? Yeah, that's not yeah. bad. Everyone's got yeah. positive expected value going into that. <laughs> the announcement said it was a mix of competitive and casual. Weird. And posted a rules document. The rules document said a $120 budget limit and about 10 house bands. The ban list was kind of a hint to it leaning a bit more casual, as the only competitive ban was Thorical, and the rest was stuff like Time Stretch and Armageddon. So, you know, extra turns and land destruction. Still, I assume that even with some casual players, a few local grinders would show up to try to spike it. So I metagamed kind of hard, spent hours and hours brewing my deck, and discussing it on CDH discords, cross-checking with high-placing lists from online budget leagues and tournaments, etc., etc. I assumed a lot of Kinnon, Yuriko, and Winota opponents. So I put together and tuned and tuned a budget Tivit list with Graft Digger's Cage, Containment Priest, Cursed Totem, and tons of removal to hit the meta. But I still made sure it could represent a consistent turn 4 or turn 5 win. Probably goldfished hundreds of times and min-maxed the budget, so I ended on $119.60. Day of the tournament rolls around, and I get into the first pod. There are no CDH decks, not even close, 
There's an upgraded Prosper Precon, a Sapperling deck, and Rift Tokens deck. I win turn five through a single piece of artifact removal. Round two is all the winners of the four pods. Tournament is four rounds Swiss-ish. And I get to see all the, quote, best decks in the room. But it's still pretty much the same level as my first pod. And I win turn four with no opposition. Let's just say I win every round. It's not close, and my pods are like 30 minutes, while the other pods are normal two-hour casual slog. Normal, in quotes. A lot of my opponents and the tournament organizer took it well, but there were definitely a few salty, salty opponents there too. And if I knew everyone else brought casual decks, I would have too. But to be honest, when the format is tournament with prizes for the winner, you kind of have to assume someone is going to bring their best deck. I knew that there would be some amount of pub stomping, but really I thought we would at least have four to six budget competitive decks and the finals pod would be full CDH vibes. Boy, was I wrong. Hmm. Man, I have such strong feelings about this one. Share them. <laughs> this sounds this sounds a lot to me like a tournament organizer who said um, a mix of casual and competitive because they didn't know what the right answer was or didn't specify to other players. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I think every player that participated in this, both the CDs player who feels like they were pub stomping and feels bad, even though they're happy they won, and everyone else who did feel bad about it should be pissed at the TO because that it just sounds like not clarifying that even close to enough. If you set the expectation at a mix of everything uh, and this budget and a house ban list, like I, I really think you you have to make the distinction between casual and competitive and pick mm-hmm. one or the other, or you're going to have a bunch of people that have this experience. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I generally agree. I'm going to give the tournament organizer a little more credit because if they're if they are a casual player and they don't really understand like how competitive you can be even on a budget, they may just think that like, oh, if I've set the budget to $120, like no one will be able to bring like really high powerful CDH Mm -hmm. stuff. Cause there's so much constant kind of pushing that like, oh, all the CDH decks are like thousands of dollars, you know? So like it could just be a true like misunderstanding of what a competitive deck might be and like what people could bring. But even then, to even introduce the idea that it could be a competitive mix of decks, that part is like you're misleading the, the crowds that you're trying to attract to your tournament. Yeah. I feel like the problem here is casual EDH is never meant to truly be in a tournament setting. Like, yeah. it like can't be. Like competitive EDH, like CDH, CDH, if you will, is like you know designed <laughs> for it and it just like makes sense because it like levels the playing field and there's too much spectrum in casual and like you're saying like you, you can't even actually define it like without putting all these artificial rules in place and anytime you say okay you're gonna win something if you win this tournament if you win games you get you get prizes of some like monetary value it means you've made it competitive yeah. and so like yeah you just you can't mix the two and Honestly, I don't think I've ever had fun playing in a casual. Well, that's not that's not true. You've never had fun playing with us, Tony? No, I was going to say Sam and I played in a tournament that was, quote, casual. And we came (laughs) in and we fucking crushed. So it's like, you know, it felt good. But like we were the problem, right? We came in and we're like, other people are going to come in hot. And like and some people definitely did. But it was probably like 50-50, right? And we and. they didn't it's not like we got matched up perfect it was random so it's like it felt like there's a lot of people who were crushing their opponents and we were some of those yeah and we had people at the table next to us playing cdh decks and then yeah next to us it was like upgraded precons you know 
Yeah. I, I think that's just kind of like what happens when you open a tournament to the masses because every play group has such a different definition of what power is. And yeah. someone's going to be like, yeah, I got my most busted thing right here. It's a Sapperling deck and no one in my group can can beat it or it's this upgraded Prosper Precon and no one can beat it. I'm just so good with this deck. And then you get time sieved and you're like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's so many cards that everyone's frame of reference for what is powerful is radically different. And if you zoom out this, you know, this basically sounds like we're all just pointing at this is a, a failure of the rule zero family of, of interactions. Like, yeah. And this is part of why I, I've come to like CD so much is that rule zero is mostly already taken care of. Like, yeah. that's mm-hmm. it, it's just part of the contract. And this was one where they didn't rule zero. They tried halfway with, you know, mix of whatever and, and so on. I think it's very understandable that um, this player felt both bad and maybe a little salty. Yeah. There's also like their question, the core question of their post, right? Like, am I the only one playing CDH around here? Like, you, yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, you, you are. are. <laughs> and, and also, you're not just like lightly playing CEDH. You spent a lot of hours and time investing yeah. into building a deck on a there certain was a training specific montage. niche. There was a whole ass training not montage. <laughs> yeah, but I think Chariots of Fire won. played at one point. <laughs> like, it was a whole thing. And uh, so, so yeah, it did work, Tony. You're right. They won. But like, at what cost? In, you a, know? in a 16 person tournament, it is actually kind of small enough that. I'm not sure you can a hundred percent expect that like a sizable portion of that population is going to show up, like having yeah. put in the same level of work that you did. We're going to have a price fight and our price fight will use a, a mix of um, boxing gloves and guns. Yeah. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does kind of sound to me like maybe one of the first few commander tournaments this group put together, mm-hmm. because I, I do feel like as commander tournaments even budget local tournaments as they pick up and become more popular you do see kind of these like more tournament grinder minded competitively minded people gravitating towards those events and starting to build decks for them and to me it kind of seems like our our friend is it really here just sort of hit one of the first ones at the store and kind of showed them like hey if you're gonna have an event like this you might see a deck like mine I do think it's pretty surprising that they didn't see literally any other one mm-hmm. or any other players with that yeah, type of deck. Yeah, I am surprised with 16 by that. people, like, I guess that's plausible. Uh, but, I mean, you can do some busted shit with budget decks. I, I think probably not anymore, but when we first got into CDH, I think, like, the premier budget CDH deck at the time was, like, Gitrog because you can build, like, a pretty decent $50 Gitrog deck that, like, mm. kicks ass because... Gitrug just doesn't have super expensive pieces in him anymore. That deck isn't as good these days, but but that used to be like the thing, you know? Fucking throwing some shade there, Sam. Yeah, that and, and Anya. Yeah, Anya as well. But definitely. Anya. R.I.P. As we know, that deck sucks ass. Uh, Anya was great. <laughs> I was just playing it into three fucking blue players. So like Yeah, it yeah. You were just every a time pilot. you try and put your world gorger dragon out. Yeah, just a pilot error, really. Thank God. What do we think about the salt uh, rating on this one? <laughs> I think this is just a little salt. 
Yeah. Yeah. Smidge. Yeah. I think it's just a little sprinkle. This doesn't seem so bad. You're like sad. No one else joined in on the salt with you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a lonely salt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's an appropriately seasoned tournament, you know, like they're going to keep making these tournaments hopefully and improve them for having had a little bit of salt added to them in this one. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, I, I think you do need a TO that really cares and wants to like craft that environment. Right. And I don't think that you can craft that environment with like a bigger house ban list. I was going to say what we don't need to happen is to for time sieve to get added to the 10 cards that are banned from this tournament. That would be sad. Yeah. But but that like is a thing that happens. You see those stores online where like there are Reddit posts all the time where people are like, look at this rules section yep. in like the store. Yep. And it's like 55 cards on the house ban list. That shit is wild to me. It's mm-hmm. like, just can't you just ask people to play nicely? Like, it's just so weird. I don't know. I got issues with with ban lists like that. Yeah, I, I do. I do think it's very hard to arbitrate and basically force everyone to be at the same power level, though. I will say that it yeah. is very close to impossible in Commander. I've seen, you know, every every point system under the sun, every, mm-hmm. you know, you lose the game if you win before turn four and, and this and that, like all, you know, all sorts of house rules, all sorts of like can lander lists, budget restrictions, all of that shit. And it seems like none of it works. And yeah. I'm, I don't know what the answer is either. I feel like still to this day, no one has figured out a good way to actually get people to play stuff at the same power level. Yeah. yeah. Besides talking and kind of repetition and like trying out a few games, you know, and like comparing some decks and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but that'll only work in like a pod. Yeah, like dedicated play groups innately the only place that you can have similar power levels is when there's a hard wall of like the cap of how good a deck can be on yeah. one end of it it's like if you're all playing to the absolute ceiling of how like how CDH, good a, yeah. a deck can be like cdh yeah. then that's the only place that you can get like actually solid evenness or you're all opening up pre-cons that like came from the same set but even then there's just usually saying. one that's better than the others you know yeah yeah I will say that they do a pretty decent job of balancing the precons mm-hmm. and the uh, one one fun commander league that was close to the sim- same power level that I played was um everyone I think everyone was allowed to put $20 worth of upgrades into a precon yeah. deck every month or every two weeks or something I don't remember exactly but that was close I mean it it's it still pretty well. slid into yeah but um but yeah that's the fact that it's that fucking hard really tells you something, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It yeah. Does. I mean, I think the answer is that people just need to accept that there's going to be bad games and there's going to be bad variants. And even if you have perfectly balanced decks, the game may not feel balanced when you actually play it. And that's yeah. just like the thing. It's like if you walk away and you're like, ah, that game was imbalanced. It's like, well, was it imbalanced because someone got like a turn one or two soul ring? Was it imbalanced because you just had shit draws or you missed land drops? Like, What's the real culprit? Was it really that somebody's deck was so astronomically stronger than yours that you were dwarfed by it? Or was it that, you know, it was just bad breaks and and the game had some weird variants to it? With 100 cards in Singleton, there's just no way to really capture that variance aspect at, like, casual play. Like, we can kind of try to remove it with CDH, with tutors and deck consistency and things like that. But in casual lower power games, like you're just still going to have such a crazy amount of variance. I've seen precons take high power casual pods. And, you know, I've I've seen vice versa. Like somebody sits down and they're like, I got a six, you get a six, you get a six. And somebody absolutely stomps. So it's just you just kind of got to accept it. Yeah. 
Well, Sam, I don't think you want people to accept it because then where are you going to get all your salty goddamn stories? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's the secret, Tyler, is, is they're not going to accept it. <laughs> You're actually sowing discord. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of space for salt even without power level imbalances. That's what's wild. So it's like, <laughs> we don't even need it. We could fix that problem and still be rolling in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, let's think of our friend, the well, maybe not our friend, the Roger Tavesh player, like Salt exists oh even God. when decks are powerfully balanced at the highest levels. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly. I have to say, I only know one person that plays Rock Tavish, and he's got to be one of the nicest, least salty people I've ever played <laughs> with. So <laughs> Maybe he's just mended his ways since the story. Right, like... maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe he learned. <laughs> Kyle, are you okay out there, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> they, uh... they heard about me. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of salt, is that time of the fucking week? Ooh. I hope so. Ooh, I think it I think it might be that Ooh, time of the baby. week. Tell me. Tell me about talk to me about that. Like what time of week is that? It's the time of the week that comes every week. Every mo fucking week, baby. And it's the time of the week where we say, Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. What's the salty card of the week? The salty card of the week this week is actually my board's wide open under the stacks piece. I can't cast my spells. I can't do anything. My board's wide open. Now <laughs> you can combo off. I'll pass prio. I'll pass on oh. everything. <laughs> Dunning. Nice. That was a pre-written. You had the lyrics on that one. I'm doing my homework lately. I'm I'm, I'm just trying to impress you, Tyler. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, the, the songs are always better when there's a guest on. Because a couple episodes ago, I was caught unawares, and I was like, I was like, this can't happen again. You know, I can't be caught <laughs> flat-footed again ever on this. So, um, I'll let you know right now. I got a list right next to me of songs that, <laughs> that I've, I've written up. <laughs> well, that was fucking amazing. And I think all you need to do is take those uh, whale noises Tony Grace just with earlier and put them in there like the hype man track. Oh, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely... <laughs> a little whale in the background there is going to amplify that like tenfold <laughs> you, you just, just spoke that contrast. into existence tyler like that is <laughs> that is gonna happen now <laughs> we'll just be a bloop a blooper though like this will just play as is and then yeah. in the blooper there'll be the the, the whale version <laughs> it'll be the easter egg at the end of the secret episode li- secret release yeah <laughs> nice oh yeah well thank you for the song sam the salty card of the week wow, this thanks, week thanks mike i don't think you've ever thanked me i appreciate that i really I appreciate think i have it. once You've only earned it twice, so. What was the first time? Uh, I don't remember. I'd have to go listen to our entire backlog. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> get back to me once you do. Will do. Uh, the salty card of the week this week is Jeweled Lotus. Ooh, For okay. people unfamiliar, it is a zero mana artifact. It has tap, sacrifice Jeweled Lotus, add three mana of any one color, spend this mana only to cast your commander. Hmm. Interesting. So for any listener that may not be familiar, our salty cards of the week are drawn from EDH Rex top 100 salty cards for now until we run out. We're getting <laughs> kind of low. Um, so how does this one make you feel, Tyler? Ooh, I think the only thing that makes me salty about Jeweled Lotus is that I run a commander that doesn't really benefit from it. Mm. And that makes me very sad indeed. <laughs> but 
on the whole, I think it does add a lot of variance, but I think it made it possible to play commanders that were just a higher CMC mm-hmm. than you could before and reasonably brought a few commanders into the realm of CDH playability that I don't think were there before. And I I appreciate that about it a lot. I think it's diversified the commanders in the format a bunch. Uh, I think it can have its its salty moments. It can result in exceptionally busted hands. Mm. But on the whole, I really don't have a problem with this card. I don't think it was like a huge mistake or anything like that. I'm mm-hmm. really fucking glad they printed it, to be honest. I think that's a really good point. Like, I think a lot of people are upset with this card because, you know, they describe how it reduces variance, like in the 99, like it feels like a card that you usually want to include in your 99, definitely with some exceptions. But I think the point that it it brings some commanders into viability is a really cool way of kind of flipping that of like, even Mm -hmm. though the 99 maybe becomes a little more consistent, the actual commanders potentially becomes more, more varied. That's really cool. Yeah. Tony, how do you feel about this one? Hmm. You know, when this first came out, I remember there was like a fucking mini uproar. Oh yeah. You're like, this, the fuck fucking Jewel Lotus. Like, <laughs> like Jesus, people riding in the fucking street over like three mana. And I'm like, it still like feels limited to me because you can only spend it on your commander, right? And it's like, I'm not saying it isn't a powerful effect, but like this is almost one of the ones where because it's a hundred dollars. Uh, or at least it was I, last time I looked, which was a yeah, while ago. It, it is. It, it's, it's like, like 75 a, it, bucks still. I almost liked that it was a lot of money because it meant that not everybody was jamming it in their deck. <laughs> like, yeah. It turned into like staple and CBH like in most decks. Right. But like for casual, it, I don't see it. I don't think I've ever seen somebody cast it like Nick, maybe fucking one time because it is kind of a commodity almost i feel like it impacted it less and the people who really need it who are running a six cmc commander six cmc plus like they're probably playing it but you don't see like the one two threes even fours like feeling like they need it the moral of the story here is it like doesn't bother me and i feel like it didn't impact things as much as the rioting in the street was sort of alluding to (laughs) yeah and i think the cost here actually helps that but hey tony um, since you're glad that poor people can't run it, how do you feel about the coming class war? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if you know this, Tyler, but Tony has a <laughs> a serialized soul ring from the the Middle Earth set, so he's basically like basically loaded. Bezos, I told like. you, I'm the fucking whale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I cracked it though; I didn't buy it. <laughs> Let it be yeah, done. Yeah, he cracked. It. But but that just puts well, you sure. that puts you in the higher tier once you cracked it. Yeah, I am the higher tier. So I look down on the the peasants below me and wonder <laughs> why they even exist. You know. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, I think that changed your tax bracket when you opened that. Yeah. Friendly reminder: proxy your cards in your casual play groups. Yeah. Don't don't fucking buy a hundred dollar jewel lotus. <laughs> yeah. I, I I say as I run around with a blinged out cannon that is all real. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see. I feel like I don't know why, but I haven't like I really don't have issues with proxies. I. We'll proxy all my CDH stuff, but I just like, I like having the cards. This is how they know they've got me because like, I just fucking want the cards in my casual decks. Yeah. Even if it's like yeah, no, a high powered one, like I'm the same way. I tell everyone else to proxy and then yeah. I never do. Yeah. <laughs> never ever. Yeah. I am the problem. So, <laughs> and they released a fucking borderless jewel Lotus, which is a real problem for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I, addict with borderless cards, but anyway, that borderless life. <laughs> Sam, how does this one make you feel? <laughs> Um, I, I mean, Excuse I agree me, with... 
Tony, what the fuck, dude? It's in my contract that if you <laughs> don't say not, it, man. I just fucking not. do it. <laughs> anyway, I guess I guess we'll hear from Sam. That's fine. Um, Sam in the editing room, <laughs> fucking cut out that bullshit that Mike just did. Uh, <laughs> Sam, how does that make you feel? Uh, thanks, Tony, and and Mike, you missed your line. Uh, thanks, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with what you guys are saying. Like, I see why this is on the list. Like what you said, Tony, there was that kind of like uproar when it first came out where people are like, this is reducing your deck list. Now every single commander is going to run this, not realizing that it's not really viable with many commanders out there. I think people also really discounted how much it kind of isn't fun in certain casual decks. Like, I, I think it's a great card in CDH. If you're commander capitalizes off it you must be running it in casual i don't really see it played that much and i think that's kind of purposeful i don't think a lot of people play it because i do think it can like just turbo out your commander turn one or turn two and kind of make these non-games not to the same extent that like a turn one soul ring does like like i think turn one soul ring is way less in that regard and a jeweled lotus will just like spike an occasional game every once in a while but at the same time like you said, Tony, sometimes it's dead in your hand uh, because your commander's already out and you're like, well, okay, my commander gets removed and then I'll make use of this. So it, it's a weird card. It doesn't give me any salt. I don't play it in casual um, and I don't see myself playing it in casual in the future. And I, I think this goes to kind of calls back to what you said at the start of the episode, Tyler, which is like having CDH as your space to do busted shit. I think Jeweled Lotus is a perfect card to go into that space you know what i mean like the weird variance that it's going to give you in your casual decks might seem exciting when you're gold fishing the deck but generally speaking if you like blast out your commander super early with a jeweled lotus the table is going to take notice <laughs> and and you're going to find yourself in a 3v1 like pretty fast so yeah. i i think it kind of behooves the pilot and the table to not really run this in your casual decks unless you are running like a you know like an eight cmc commander like my vision of cryptic dreams or something like that i love hearing you say you you could but you don't like and that's this is the place where you keep kind of casual and cdh separate in a lot of instances it you know it really tells me you're bearing fruit as a magic player and you've reached sexual maturity mm. just like a, my, my sweet <laughs> lime shoe over here <laughs> you turn the corner into choosing not to do the busted shit <laughs> exactly so proud of you bud thank you i appreciate that that's really all i'm trying to say <laughs> i'm like tony over there oh my god mike what do you think about this card you know i agree with pretty much everything you guys have said from like a gameplay perspective there is one element of this card that leaves me massively salty which is i opened like two and a half boxes of commander legends just because i like really liked the set uh and i never opened a jeweled lotus <laughs> so i don't have this card <laughs> Ooh, get fucked. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was, it, was exactly. In the half, it was in the half of the third box that you didn't open. No, it was. It was. <laughs> because was it? I split that half with someone and we drafted it and I saw it get open. Oh, so it, it no. actually was in the other half <laughs> of that, of that box. That sucks. Um, That's why you hey, don't Mike, split. Boxes. Can I really piss you off? <laughs> sure. I opened three packs and opened one Jeweled Lotus. And I, I also opened two Mana Crypts in my two boxes of uh, of Mystery Booster. Oh, um, nice. So, uh Who's that? Who's that? Harold? It's like the pain guy. Because that's yeah, Harold from make the memes. Me, I'm just, the pain I Harold. am that meme right now. That hurts <laughs> so much. That kills me. My my best pull ever was two mana crypts from one mystery booster box. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah, it was it was legendary. 
Uh, mm. I traded one to Tony. You did. What were we talking about? <laughs> uh, Salty card. Oh, where is it on the list? Yeah, that is the next question. So, uh, Sam, do you mind starting us off with a uh, a guess of where you think this is in the top 100 cards? I have to go first? Don't, you don't want to make Tony? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. What did you say, Tony? 46? I did, yeah. Okay. I'm going to guess. Okay. I know people really didn't like this. I'm going to guess 61. I'm going to guess this is 61 in the top 100. Is one the saltiest or the least salty? One, one is the saltiest. For reference, one is stasis. Yep. Oh, I was actually going to guess um, Armageddon, but that stasis is pretty reasonable. Yeah, that's six. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. I, I see we at this. Um, uh, one other question. Is this just like user-submitted like yeah. votes or whatever? It's like EDH yes. rec generated. So it, it's this like is about the knowing the meta of the people who are answering. <laughs> like it's yeah. a family this feud situation. Survey. Yeah, you need to know like who's getting surveyed mm-hmm. a little bit. But it's it's people on EDH rec that get uh, interviewed on like what how salty various cards are. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say 34. Ooh. Final answers. Final answers all around. Lock it in. Unfortunately, Sam got it again. Fuck. It is 63. Oh, he was actually damn. really close. At least he's actually close this time. 63. 63? Oh, wait. That was way oh, off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's tough. Normally, I go first, and then Sam just says, like, a couple above or below me in the direction he thinks it was. But this time, he's actually close, which is upsetting. But Whoa, yeah, whoa. Did. Tony, <laughs> we give you the option every single week to say the number second and you never take it people save me i'm forced to say it first every time (laughs) tony you're coming at this from the wrong angle you don't want to be able to assess this correctly like if i if i am assessing magic cards the same way that the majority of players on edh record something is deeply wrong with me i've entered a disturbed phase of my life yeah you're fucking right that makes total sense actually yeah that's a good lead-in to the the frequent part two of the salty card of the week which is what percent of decks on edh rec do you think are running this card oh all decks on edh rec all, all decks, decks on edh rec. that were created before it was printed yeah uh, yeah i guess it would be, be. yeah, yeah sure. it would be sorry i really don't know that much about how edh rec works because i use moxfield hashtag Sponsored. We also don't <laughs> know how EDH Rec works, but it's still a part of our show. It's we still like a core piece of our <laughs> Awesome. I do love that Tyler just said hashtag sponsored, yeah. but I think you guys actually are. I've said it, but we're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I know that's the bit. That's why. I, that's why I had to get in on it. And I think this is a Dylan and Cam question because they deal with the sponsors and stuff. I do not know the answer to this. Moxfield has sponsored us a lot and i'm not sure that they currently are but i love them to death and i would just talk about moxfield yeah, same. it's yeah. the best I, we're the same on that. it's great so pro tip for you guys because you need it uh by saying hashtag sponsored you become sponsored it like works like that oh, sweet so yeah. you can bring that back to dylan and cam let them know that that's how how to get it done so. it's this little <laughs> trick called uh manifesting uh have yeah. you ever read the secret <laughs> the book called the secret <laughs> oh boy have you ever heard the if books could kill podcast takedown of the secret because that is fucking excellent. sounds really good and you should <laughs> yeah it's just too actually smart people making fun of the secret and Ooh. fucking dunking on it for an hour and a half <laughs> nice <laughs> I feel like this has to be an infinitesimal amount of decks, right? Because like the the casual community, generally speaking, in mass is like so against Jeweled Lotus. EDH Rec does pull in 
info from CDH decks, like you can look at certain commanders and see that they're wicked skewed from CDH list being built for them. But even then, like Jeweled Lotus doesn't go in every CDH deck. Give us a number, not your logic. I don't know. Less. <laughs> okay. I, I think. I think it would be one percent or zero percent. Mm. No fucking way. I'm gonna say nineteen percent. I think it's okay. in like the. I think it's in the like three percent range. Really? Yeah. Tony finally wins something. It is at seven percent of EDH rec. Let's fucking go. That's so tiny. We'll, we'll, we'll edit this out. Don't worry. This one even make it to the show. <laughs> yeah, <we're... laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I'm surprised that it's that much. I think seven percent is kind of a lot. So, like to your point, like we've heard some of these numbers before, and like seven percent is kind of high. It yeah. is one of the higher oh. numbers. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what a high number yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't for sure. It's like hundreds of thousands of decks. Like we, we've had some salty cards come through that when we check them, it's registered as zero percent because the number of decks it's in is so low. Yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious because it means that these cards that people are getting so upset about are like never seen. Effectively. Yeah, <laughs> I said that when we talked about Winter Orb. I think in like episode one. People do not see Winter Orb at regular tables. I I just don't believe it. But they all fucking know about it. But they all know about it and they all hate it. But it's like, yeah. you've probably played against it once, if ever. Yeah. I played against it a lot. Well, CDH is different. <laughs> Listen, no, no, pre-CDH. casual? Oh. Okay. Your friends don't like you. <laughs> no, it wasn't my friend. It was my fucking boyfriend. Oh, no. An ex-boyfriend, which will become obvious when I tell you that he played <laughs> Stasis and Winter Orb in a Leovold deck. And oh, that just tells you God. everything. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. That's so oh awful. God. It's so brutal. A part of me just died. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's seriously not power horse behavior, honestly. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's not. Oh. <laughs> that is some weak horse shit. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, All right, man. well that wraps it up for the uh, the salty card of the week. Well, thanks, Mike. That was a lovely salty card, and thank you, Tyler, for joining us today in the Howling Salt Mine. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. So if people want more, Tyler, where can we find you on this vast internet that we we live in? Ooh, um, well, you can find our play-to-win stuff on YouTube. If you just search play-to-win, it should be the first thing that comes up. Uh, we do shorts, gameplay videos, uh, some podcast stuff, all that sort of thing. Um, you can find us in your podcast feeds as well, obviously. You can find uh, merch and other stuff at playtowinmtg.com. And you can find me personally at tbuck3 on Twitter. And uh, on our Play to Win Discord, which is a super active community with CDH games going over spell table just about every night, usually oh, one yeah. or two pots. That's awesome. Thick, nice. dude. Yeah, we appreciate you having on. We're, we all love Play to Win. And I got to chill with you for the first time. Well, I mean, we talked about how we chilled uh, in Philly, but I got to like barely chilled in Philly. I think I sang Creed drunkenly uh, <laughs> at a karaoke <laughs> night. So that, that's really why I did the cover yeah, of Arms Wide Open tonight. <laughs> and I said, you were wearing a play to win shirt. And I said, oh, that's oh. a cool shirt. And I didn't actually recognize that you were. Honestly, that happens like a reasonable amount of the time because I'm just not one of the main faces of the channel. And I am yeah. perfectly comfortable with that. <laughs> when did we first started this episode? I was like, I recognize your hands, but you know, it's like <laughs> the face is less like, recognizable. <laughs> I know those cuticles. <laughs> <laughs>
but you know these uh these giant uh tobacco stains from my roll your own cigarettes that, <laughs> yeah. that's the way you'd actually be able to tell yeah either holding a, a hand rolled cigarette or holding a blinged out cannon deck yeah one yeah. of the two 100%. <laughs> but yeah it was a joy having you on uh thanks again dude this is awesome thank you all so much and for all the prospectors out there, if you want more Howling Saltmine content, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Howling Saltmine. We have our thriving Discord. We're doing our monthly game nights if you want to jam games with us. We also have our short form content, Stray Grains, all the tangents that don't make it into the show. I think in our last episode, we talked about how we have like 25, 30 of those out right now. We got a lot. There's a bunch of those. And we also have our monthly show called extra salt if you want a little bit extra howling salt mine in your life we also have a brand new website that you can check out the howling or howling we're inconsistent about the use of the so our website should be that way too uh you can get some branded dragon shield sleeves from us on there you can also submit your salty stories there if you don't submit them there you can also email them to us if you want to have a salty story or salty confessional on a future episode of the Howling Salt Mine. Just shoot it over to us. I haven't said this in a while, but we like to ask people to keep it short, sweet, and to the salt. If you want other merch, you don't want the sleeves, but you want to sleeve yourself, we have our bonfire store where you can get shirts, hoodies, crop tops, all that fun stuff with our beautiful logo on it. Bridles, saddles. Yep, yep, bridles, <laughs> saddles, uh, you know, harnesses, um, Oh, hang on. Those are riding crop. <laughs> riding crop for sure. Yeah. Stirrups. Anything you need to live out your power horse dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing you can do to help out the show is give us a five-star review in your favorite podcast app of choice. I know lots of people say that, but it really does help small shows like us grow and find some footing in that big algorithm that just, you know, controls who sees what and all that kind of fun stuff. And lastly, we have to shout them out. We shout them out every week, and we got to do it this week as well. Our amazing podcast artist, J.D. Burnett, for giving us our beautiful podcast art. If you're ever in Asheville, North Carolina, hit him up and get a tattoo. He's a really awesome guy. 10,000 subscribers are bust. That's when we get the tattoo. <laughs> when we have 10,000 subs. <laughs> Mike insists he hasn't agreed to it, but he will. It's in his contract. Yeah, He's agreed. He he will. I'm probably getting a play to win tattoo, to be honest. Hell yeah, dude. Hell, Hell yeah. Well, you, yeah. Guys, you guys surpassed the the bar, so you're actually contractually obligated. Yeah, you to have to get one. <laughs> Fair enough. Mike, I, I, I'm glad that you agree that it is a contractual obligation. And yeah, in his contract, in not in mine. <laughs> That's what I heard. Well, thanks again, everybody. And as always, stay salty and don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. The howling song The howling song All that greenery, all them plants. There's like three. There's not that many. It, lo it looks dying. like a lot from the one. It's like, <laughs> you know, expansive. Yeah, that's my lime tree. It's uh, It's doing pretty well. Does it bear fruit? Wait, does it make yeah. limes? Damn. Uh, Sam's got the actual like technical language on that. Uh, does it bear fruit? <laughs> <laughs> does it go to seed? Whoa. <laughs> What's that?
Go to uh, seed, dude. Oh, see, Nothing. if you really wanted to take it somewhere, you could have been like, is it sexually mature? Because that's oh, that nice. is what it yeah. is. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. He'll work. He'll fit in. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're fitting hey. in already, Tyler. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> Tony, can we get one more whale noise for the road? No. I'm going to get a little, little, nice little flare in there. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. My board's wide open Ooh. under the stacks piece. Ooh. I can't cast Ooh. my spells. Ooh. I can't do anything. Ooh.